Get it started. Go. Good. You were you were late. Couple seconds. Couple seconds. Trying to figure out what Eight minutes. Eight minutes. Eight minutes. I gotta go to Conan. I gotta leave. I gotta be on time. Eight minutes late. Is eight minutes right? How are you? Great. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Gentlemen's Dojo. Our first episode of 2017. Happy New Year to everybody. Yeah. Very excited. Yeah. We're in a brand new facility here in downtown Burbank. The beautiful new ATC facilities. Very exciting. Yeah. We are now between a 99 cent store and a Costco. So if you don't <laughs> just, smell of Hollywood. so good, man. You're so yeah, good. Yeah. Out of the gate. Oh, it's boom, funny, boom, man. Boom, boom, It's so good. This is your daddy here. So good. Your daughter's here, by the way. <laughs> Trying to show her that daddy does get work in town. Gary. By doing a free podcast. Gary. That's awesome. <laughs> if I had a daughter, I would take her to Conan. But, I mean, this is just as good. A podcast You haven't studio. even taken your wife to Conan. Oh, yeah, I do. She Thank needs you. the t-shirt. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Olivia, this is all day. Well, we are back. <laughs> we are back. 2017. Yeah. And yeah. very exciting. Uh, two days from now, a mm-hmm. changing of the guard is going to happen. Can you feel it in the air? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Trump. crazy. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. going to be pretty exciting. I, I was just thinking about what that Oval Office is going to look like. You have all these presidents lined up, and then his picture <laughs> after Obama is just that big old hair piece. Yeah. And his picture is going to be in the Oval Office. As I, it's got to be crazy because Hillary's going to be going to the inauguration on on Friday. For oh, her she's to be, going to the yeah, inauguration. Yeah, her and Bill Clinton are going. It's, that's got to be absolutely crazy to be just standing in the back, knowing that that should have been you up there. Sorry, I, sorry about that. What was it? Was it that it should have been you up there, right? Sorry, I keep in the <laughs> wrong crazy. button. It was such yeah, a great no, no, tangent, no. though. It was so funny. I was like, I can't wait yeah. to hear more of this. And then I hit the wrong button. I'm sorry. Good to see you, too. Awful. Sorry that you're heading to Columbus this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, it's fun. our first show. First <laughs> right next show. To a bar, Louie. <laughs> where were you? Where are you going to be? Oh, I'm in town this week. I got a theater gig and a couple corporates. Yeah. But- Have fun at the YooHoo room. <laughs> uh, so we're back. First show of 2017. Yeah. We had to take a little breather because I've been working. On a yep. film, yeah, and yeah. What have you been working on? Well, a lot of things. I mean, but you know, this trying to find work because Conan just announced he's down to maybe one one episode. That is a week. not true. That is not well, true. What are you going to do? Well, the no, no, no. You might be out of a job. Listen, don't worry about it. I mean, I might have to kiss your ass for some shitty road dates, but we do what we do. <laughs> yeah. Shut up. I don't want to do those either. Oh, fuck. We heard a small announcement that the show might be going to one small. day a week, but then it got changed. We're good for this year. We're good. Yeah. Yeah. This year. Yeah. Well. Huh? Well, this year. What, what yeah. am I going to project into 2035? Uh, it's show business. You don't write. Trust me, the good news is the funny bone will always be around for your ass. Yeah. <laughs> Less money as the years go on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Kiki Lala. Hello. <laughs> yes. So we're back. We're, we're back. Excited. We're excited. We had a we, great New this Year's is Eve. a reunion of sorts, but we haven't yeah. had both of these gentlemen on at the same time. Oh, no, we have not. No. no. We have individually. But Dallas, uh, Jason Dallas was on our very last show. When we did the year in review for 2016, and what did, what did we 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 recapped Dallas? Um, yeah, I think destroying a toilet. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we also have another great story about Dallas uh, that happened in Vegas. I don't know if we should share that with him, but I did bring a little souvenir to kind of commemorate. Oh, you brought it? I brought is it. Is it with here me. today? It is here. <laughs> so I brought it here to kind of commemorate that day. All right, we should Vegas. we unveil this? Well, well, well let's let, set yeah, it up. Also, we also have Joel yeah. Osborne here. Joel is a great comedian that talked to us before about his relationship with the amazing Jonathan. The reason Jason and Joel are both joining us today is because they were on the road with me 
filming the documentary on The Amazing Jonathan, and we just came back from oh, spending a week with him yeah. and his first shows at a retirement for three years, so we thought we'd talk about that. But before we do, let's talk about... Um, well, for those who listened uh, in, for the Year in Review show, we talked about Jason. He's our good buddy. Uh, not really a comic, uh, similar to Steve. And uh, <laughs> we were talking about how he... And we sh- we've shown the video on the, the yeah. podcast where he clogged up the toilet in Phoenix really, really bad. And I don't know what was worse, my reaction to it or... Him actually clogging it up. It was disgusting. <laughs> yeah. And you actually parties. showed the video to Melissa, a friend of ours, in uh, Boston. She was helping produce the film. Yes. And she could by, by the way, you're showing her that at dinner, which was utterly I didn't, more disgusting. Joel did that, by the way. Oh, yeah. Joel, Joel showed that. I'll, I'll take responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, the, we were in Vegas the week before. Yes. Yes. And I noticed something. <laughs> it was really the end of the evening. Yeah. And what did you notice? I noticed something a little differently. <laughs> uh uh, Dallas uh, <laughs> literally goes to the bathroom. We were both in the restroom at the same time. Now, let me just say, th- I hate when you go into a bathroom and they have a bathroom attendant because they yeah. hijack the paper towels. Right. So as you're peeing, you're going, oh, great, I got to tip this guy. Yeah. So you know that. Yeah, what are you going to do? You- what are you going to do? It's like, now I got to tip this guy for you something that should normally be free. Or yeah. unsanitary. Right. What are you exactly. going to do? What are you going to do? Well, Dallas decided to take the uh, ladder. <laughs> And uh, he chose to be unsanitary because I literally watched him leave his journal, and I was going to walk up to him at the sink to exchange pleasantries. Yeah. Um, And instead, when I got to the sink, I saw him beelining towards the door. So he peed and walked out. Peed and walked out. But dirty dick and all. Of all people to see this happen, (laughs) it's Gary peeing and looking out of the corner of the eye going, wait a second, he didn't wash his hands. And of course, uh, with my good nature, I like to let things go pretty quickly. Oh, God. (laughs) Two hours. (laughs) Two and a half hours. Two hours of just getting destroyed of... Yes. He doesn't. So, texting me pictures, Googling dirty hands and texting us pictures of, like, bums' hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just like- I, I sent just, you a great yeah. picture of this guy smiling at a sink, and I wrote, not Dallas. <laughs> yeah. But but when I saw him not washing his hands, I was reme- immediately reminded of that great character on Seinfeld who was working at a restaurant, didn't wash his hands, walked right back into the kitchen, and his name was Poppy. Yes. Which you so had you kept calling about. him Poppy. I kept calling, calling him Poppy the rest of the weekend. <laughs> All night. And and Kate Quigley, who was with us on this little Vegas weekend, uh, had no idea that we were busting his balls as much as he was. Now, Dallas yes. was very embarrassed about it, rightfully so. Yeah. Yeah, because he tried to hug me afterwards with those same hands. What? <laughs> he did. He did. <laughs> tried to, to so you brought, you brought a gift for I him? I brought a gift. I thought okay. uh, this would be appropriate. So what this um, is. I, plus, I didn't get him anything at Christmas, which I thought we should have, but uh, yeah. I brought him a gift. Some really hand sanitizer. Ex- I'm really excited about this gift here, and uh, I think you'll like it. <clears throat> I think you'll like it. If you could just pass this down sure. to my friend, that would be uh, awesome. Cool. And let's get a picture of that uh, for the uh, the website. Uh, that'd be awesome. The uh, the shirt says uh, Poppy did you, did you since have this 2016. Made? Now, I wanted to get the exact date on it, uh, which would have been December the 30th, 2016. Can you hold it the other way so I can yeah. see? Uh, no, believe it or not, that was a shirt that was already made. I just had to uh, tell them what year I want. <laughs> so we you also have to dry your hands off now. <laughs> Look, in Dallas's defense, I have uh, none. Of... Just end the conversation right there. There's none. Right, There's okay. no defense. Right. No, yeah. There's no let's, defense. Let's, but go ahead, Joel. No, go ahead. I, I have yeah. been told of people that wash their well, gentlemen that wash their hands before using the urinal because they say you know they want to keep everything clean. So, but then they don't do it after. No. 
Really? Yeah. What if you don't? What if you don't clean uh, before or after? In other words, well, that's just Joel's. That it, by the way, that by the way, T-shirt. Yeah. yeah, Joel. Joel's been caught shitting and not washing. That's exactly why he's defending <laughs> Dallas because somebody's called him the poppy of Australia. That's <laughs> why, why you... he's saying that because that's why he's defending Dallas. Why are why you would... America's bathroom attendant all of a sudden? <laughs> Well, wait, I'm just. Uh, oh, why are you oh, keeping oh, tabs on everybody who washes or does not wash their hands? You don't think that's disgusting? Of course I do. Okay, but what I'm saying yeah, is. I'll tell you what's more is... disgusting. Yeah? Someone leaving something in the toilet, someone trying to plunge it and it's raising <laughs> up, and someone then at 2 a.m. in the morning going and taking a leak on top of what's. Oh, on yeah. Top. That to me, Gary. My is buddy disgusting. Rob did that. You did that. <laughs> what are you talking about, Rob? <laughs> oh, you, listen, listen. Why are you siding with him now all of a sudden? Fuck you. Good old Foster's We're at fucking Vegas, and I'm dying doing the Q&A, and you start shitting on me, so fuck you. That yeah. is true. That yeah. is true. But I did bring the mood back until we met the strippers. Until we met the porn stars. <laughs> well, we did have here. a good time, but will you wear that shirt, Dallas? Will you wear that outside, maybe to the pool, maybe to the beach? Uh, that shirt, maybe in a pair of uh, Ugg boots. I think you would look fantastic in it. I will, I will wear it to uh, Bachelor Night. Okay, good. The shirt says Poppy. It'll be a gentle reminder that next time you urinate, that you should wash yeah. your hands. Yeah. Although Joel is saying people do it beforehand, which obviously means he's been caught. Well, All I, good. I can't thank you enough for making people think that every time now I just don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's got to be. I mean, like you just it's don't like be. you don't just hit your wife once, right? <laughs> like, That's oh, a good God, analogy. Gary. I'm the bad guy now. All right. Well. All right. All right. Sorry. Sorry. You don't just do shitty road rooms once. No, you're proof positive that you keep doing them over and over again. Right. Columbus Funny Bone. But then you broke it. It's like you don't write one joke once. And yeah, yeah. Well, you you haven't written since. Mm. Tell me about that plane ride to Columbus tomorrow. I'll be here in town. Hello. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's talk well, about yes. the week we had. Amazing Jonathan. This is a guy who he was diagnosed with a heart, terminal heart condition. Yeah. Uh, two and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a year to live. He retires. He comes out of retirement. Does these first three shows. We go on the road with him. What are your initial thoughts, Joel, after you know spending the week with him, knowing what he's gone through, and seeing him come out on the other end? Yeah, well, it was heroic seeing him, like personally knowing what he's gone through and seeing him back on stage again. Just you know, the fact that he was walking on stage was like you know that was the big accomplishment there. But seeing yeah. how the act came back too, and he's still got it. You know, he's still got that fire in him, and even though physically, you know, he's up against it. And like I'd see him like he'd come off stage during a break in the show, and you know you saw it too, like at the Wilbur Theater in Boston. He's lying on the in the wings on the stage. Trying yeah. To so get his, his wife breath. goes up on stage to do like a burlesque act that's maybe two and a half minutes long, mm-hmm. and he, you know, we had a chair set up for him at the base of the stage, and he came walking. to He didn't even make it off the stage. He fell. I wouldn't say collapse or anything, but he was. You helped him down to the ground. He yeah. just. Laid down. Yeah, and he's just getting his breath, trying to, you know, get everything back in order. And he's like saying, you know, I don't know how much longer I got in me. And I said, well, you know, just do as long as you can. And, you know, you've already already given it all. And he goes out there and does, you know, another like 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. It's just incredible to watch, just knowing behind the scenes the condition he's in and then just seeing him bring it when he hits the stage. But that was, uh, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, when he said, I don't know how much longer I... I, I thought, okay, he's going to go out and do a closing bit. Yeah. And then, lo and behold, he did he's, another he's 15 or 20. It. Yeah, yeah. And, and also, too, you know, like he, he can tell... Because he, he's had this illness for a while now. He can tell when, like, the, when he's going to pass out. Or like he, that, that happens to him. Like he's filling up gas at the gas station and, yeah. and woke up. And there's just, there's just 
petrol everywhere, and he's um, you know he's lying there on the ground just coming to. So, but what, what? I will say he was looking at Dell. I, I will say his face. Dallas has just been taking it for like three weeks straight, oh, and he, the, he can't he can't contain the the uh, I mean the look on his face. It's just like his only contribution to the podcast as far as. I took a shit in Phoenix. I clogged the toilet. <laughs> yeah. I don't wash my hands. This is this. <laughs> look well, at it. He's just sitting there. He's like, he could have yep. been home doing work. But you're relentless, Steve. You don't give up on these people once you, you know. <laughs> you're just hook, line, and sinker with these people. Fuck you, yeah. fuck you, Gary. Um, no, Dallas. What, 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 what were your thoughts on on Jonathan on what you on what you witnessed this week prior to because you had never seen him perform. No, no, I had uh, like most people. I'd seen you know the Comedy Central stuff and things like that. But I mean, no, he's. He's fantastic. Uh, the biggest thing I took away wasn't even performance-wise. It was fantastic. Okay, great. They're taking pictures of me, by the way. Um, <laughs> was honestly, because you see him on stage crazy. You know, he's known as the Freddy Krueger of comedy, all this stuff. And then you hear the stories uh, about the Halloween parties and just about, you know, what he does and all that sort of stuff. And what you never get that I think the documentary does and what I learned is just how caring and sweet he really is. Like, yeah. he has mm-hmm. such, for lack of a better term, he has such a big heart. And you just don't get that from everything that people say just on the on the surface. So when you actually get to know him and talk to Joel about the other stuff and talk to people around him and just see what he does, he's just he's very caring. And you never would think that just from the mm. stories you hear. You'd think wild man, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, you know, bad boy of comedy, throwing air quotes, uh, things like that. But, yeah, he's just – that's the thing. He's just a big, sweet guy. Generous was the word people kept bringing up. Yes. You heard it over and over again how generous he was mm-hmm. – or is, I should say. Not was. Mm. You know, it's, it's crazy because you look at him coming off stage at the Wilbur, mm-hmm. laying down – do you th- there's not one of those people who is in the audience watching his wife on stage that has any idea that he's back there in the condition that he's in. Yeah. None. Nobody no. – if you peel back the curtain and showed them what he was doing, people would be in shock. Like nobody realizes just how bad he is. But you come out – you know, and, and, and obviously we know this as comics. I mean how many times are you sick or hear bad news right before you're about to get on and do a show? You know, and you, it, it doesn't matter that adrenaline – fuels you although i mean he's at a different point in terms of just being sick and you know trying to get through the day but i mean that i would assume that the crowd and the momentum behind that especially the wilbur which is just amazing well, if anybody can relate it's you i mean you do 10 minutes of conan right well how I mean, do you get through that well listen i mean here's the deal sometimes if i'm backed up in time i do this boy band thing and i said you know all my life i've been wanting to be in a boy band yeah. and you know hopefully there's enough people in the audience right sometimes you have that problem where there's not right what if you're performing and there's you know it's like a black tie event and everybody's in black tie you can't do your coles joke like i mean how do you recover in in that 10 minutes like, we Jesus. all know how difficult it is to to go on stage especially when you walk out into the audience and there in your case might not be people out there <laughs> so i mean we all have our, our own, own adversity to overcome <laughs> Well, I agree with you, though. I yeah, think that the course. audience in general well, had no inkling of what it took for him. And by mm-hmm. the way, when he comes off stage, you know that we've all had a late night out where you're at Denny's or a restaurant, you've been drinking, and you're falling asleep at the table. You know, like, I just, you know, you're hungrier than you are tired, and you're mm-hmm. powering through that meal, but your eye, you could feel your eyes dro- Every time he came off stage, you could f- see his eyes drooping. Yeah, yeah. He was on that couch, and he, by the way, he did the show. He did another hour of merch sales, well, yeah. signing autographs, taking pictures, and he came. He comes backstage. You could just see the raw exhaustion. It yeah. looked like he was just going to pass out. When mm-hmm. you said that he did a meet and greet, I was like, "Holy, really?" Yeah, I and, and, never and the line that. was huge. Like the line went um, through the foyer in the Wilbur Theater in, back into the theater. 
and, and crisscrossed through the theater back down to the stage. Yeah. So there was like hundreds of people waiting to. Yeah, I mean, when you said that, I mean, because that, that is just taxiing just to wait yeah. out, you know, yeah, for all sure. those people. So, I mean, for him to sit there and I'm sure continue to put on a smile for everybody mm-hmm. that passes through that line and, and, you know, people wouldn't know. I mean, I'm sure people, you know, maybe, maybe have read something or know something, but he certainly didn't come out and give them half of a show because of his illness. I mean, right. he certainly gave them exactly what Everything they were hoping had, for. Yeah. yeah. And he had prepared, you know, if, if worst case scenario, if something, if he was tired and he needed to really go off stage, he had prepared to bring somebody back up or, you know, whatever. Like his joke was when it was me and you sitting around yeah. and I think there was another comic. He was like, is there a comedian in the house to yeah. like, instead of a doctor in the house? And then, you know, one of us could fill the time until yeah. he got better, but he never yeah. needed it, which was great. Right. Maybe that was almost bad. Like, I'm sure he knew, like, maybe he had something in place, but almost was hoping he wouldn't have to call on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. just because he, he just, I'm sure for him, who's been in the limelight for so long, like, you don't want to do that. You you maybe feel a little embarrassed at some point. It's like sure. you just, you, you want to be able to get through it. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, just for him to go do those shows, I saw he's going to be in Michigan mm-hmm. doing a bunch of shows. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, those are, what, five shows over three days? I know. That's I was talking to him about that the other night. I'm saying, Jonathan, this is, you know, it's too much. Like, uh, doing two shows, two nights in a row, and then, you know, it's... Because the that, shows that we saw him do was me. one a night. Yeah, one a night. The first night I think he did forty-five, yeah, maybe fifty. 50 the yeah. second night he did about an hour. Then the last night I think he did an hour and ten. Did, maybe yeah, he did over an hour. Each night he got yeah. better. He, he he did a little. And by the way, his timing, everything, the yeah. comedic time was there. All the old bits, and he said, "I've done bits tonight that I didn't. I haven't done for years." Yes. Uh, and uh, he didn't mean for the last three years. He meant like from the beginning of his career where they just. It's all in the, there. Yeah it, yeah, it just started coming out, everything. So it was, I don't know, I, I was really impressed to see how somebody who took three years off was sharp. Because yeah. he brought and, that guy up and, and he didn't miss and, anything. And also, too, what um, what a friend was saying there who's seen the show, um, Himes, he came along on the um, on the tour with us and he was the head sound um, tech at the Golden Nugget for all those years. So he saw over like 700 shows. And he always loves watching Jonathan. He said every night's like a fresh show. But he said especially the last few nights because he said... He didn't know what Jonathan was going to do next. It was like so off the cuff and he's just running off, you know, going on tangents and running, you know, each night it was a different order. And I said that to Jonathan. He said, mm-hmm. man, I didn't know what I was doing next, you know, but he still made yeah. it because and that's the sort of beauty of Jonathan's show. Even when you, he does know what's coming next, he makes it seem like you don't know what's what, what's next. So, but this was genuine, but he was able to, you know. I don't know, just click back into gear mm-hmm. after all these years, and and he was genuinely concerned because like the day before when I was when we were over at the house in mm-hmm. Vegas, having a chat with Jonathan, he had like passed out twice that day, like he was out in the garden and passed out, and his wife had to run and catch him, and and uh, yeah, and another time, so he was at he, a gas station, yeah, passed out at the gas station, yeah, so he um. You know, and and he, in in all honesty, he was he did have trepidations. Like he was fearful about what was going to happen. Like he he had confidence in his that he still got it in his ability, but whether his body would get him through it, and that was a you know that was a big concern. Because the first night he always started off his sets with that mic stand joke. Yes, where he pulls the mic out of the, or he goes up to the mic stand, kicks it over, and then catches it with his foot, brings it back up, and he goes, "Oh, you thought you had some good seats here, yeah, whatever." Yeah. You know, shitting on the person in the front row. He comes out, does his normal thing. He has no feeling in the bottom of his legs. Yeah, from the from nerve like, damage from diabetes. Like the knees down. So he comes out, kicks the mic stand. It goes in the audience. He didn't catch it in time. And for the first minute, 
it was him trying to get the mic and the mic stand back, and he's improving and saying some funny things, and then he finally got the mic in his hand. Yeah, and it was off to he the was races. Off. Yeah. He acknowledged it. He got laughs out of it. But, just but to he see didn't that. do it again. No, no, and no, that was always his standard them. opening: just kick the mic yeah. stand, get it back, like a James Brown mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. But, but um, to see that for the opening, because we're all like, you know, anxious watching. Like, all right, let's see how he hits the ground here, and that to happen right off the bat, it's like, oh no, there's a moment at the front. Like, this is the first bit; it's gone horribly wrong. But yeah, he after that, you know, he didn't miss a beat. He just that was the only hiccup yeah. of the three shows that I saw. Yeah. Um, and he recovered from it so quick. And you think that mentally you could have seen a, a fracture where we've all been in comedy clubs or seen comics all of a sudden just cave in the moment. And then the, it, you see the insecurity bleed through. Mm. And then all of a sudden, the, you know, sometimes they don't recover. I've seen it a hundred times. But he, I mean, he just got back on the horse yeah. right away yeah. and it was off. He was yeah. great. Absolutely but, great. Like I said, he's still got that fire in him, you know. So I, I, I think that's what's, you know. Like why he didn't miss a beat after that, you know? Like, he was like, right, you know? He was scared his hands were going to lock up, too. Yeah. Because his hands lock up, and he was joking about it with us, where they'll just freeze, and he's like, you know, it looks like I'd be holding a cell phone, but, you know, he's like, how do you do magic or card tricks with hands like that? But thank God it didn't happen. I I don't know. But it was interesting afterwards hearing, because there was a group of magicians that came to the first show um, near Boston, and they're all, and I'm just overhearing them critiquing, like, what's going on, and... And they were all like really rap, but one one kind of magic nerd goes, "Yeah, there, w- there was more jokes than, than 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 magic. Yeah, it's more humor than magic." I'm thinking, "Do you know who you've come to see? You know, yeah, <laughs> of course." And which is a great thing, you know, like he's still, you know, he's still got it. Yeah, I mean, he's like, like when you watch those old, old Carson monologues of the Tonight Show, some of the best parts were when the joke would bomb. And he pulled the mic down and talk and tap. That was John, that's Jonathan's yeah, act. Yeah. The tricks don't work. Yeah. On purpose. Yes. And then they do. The commentary. Yeah, yeah. It comes. And it's it's him getting frustrated and angry and taking out on on the volunteer and mm-hmm. fuck you, dude, and just yeah. treating this guy that's just there to watch the show and have fun. He's treating him like shit. Yeah, totally. But in a but, loving but way and a fun way. And that's it's what's like, so brilliant. He treats the volunteer like shit. Puts him through the ringer. But at the end of the end of the, his time on stage, the volunteer's a hero. You know, the audience, yeah, yeah. like yeah. the volunteers made to feel like, he, you know, he's gone through this, you know, this horrible journey, but come out the other end stronger and better for it. And the audience applauding and Jonathan, except for <laughs> in Boston at the Wilbur Theatre, the guy goes to get off stage and it's a large you know, oh. stage. He, he goes to get, he trips, the guy falls back on his back, this old guy, he's like a turtle. <laughs> he was a little older, so he couldn't exactly. But it was a turtle upside down. And she's like, he was going like this. And then Jonathan goes, get off the stage, old man. <laughs> really? Oh, he didn't call him, I think he called him a fucker. Oh, yeah. Get off the stage, fucker. <laughs> and it's like the 60, he should be pressing a life alert button. Right. But, uh, but, but then afterwards, that guy was like, oh, that was the best experience. Oh, yeah. We, we, we talked we, about Which was real. great because Steve, Steve and Dallas filmed these people after the show. And uh, from the audience, after seeing Jonathan in the merch stand, I'd come over and and, and Steve w- would interview him. And it was just like, it was so moving what these people were saying and what it meant to them to be able to have the opportunity to see Jonathan again. And, and some of the stories, like there was this one guy and he, he was, you know, kind of a shorter, shorter guy. And he was, he, his father had a brain tumor and had a, had a second stroke recently and was in a home. And this guy would stay and look after his father every night. And Jonathan was their favorite comedian that they would always watch on TV. And, 
And this guy, every night would be there with his father, we, would never leave him. And he just said on this one night, can I, you know, can I go and see Jonathan's show? And his father's like, yeah, you know, go for the both of us. And he went along and saw the show. And, you know, afterwards he was saying to me, you don't know how much this means to me to have this opportunity to, you know, come and see Jonathan's show. And, you know, there was that other girl that was, you know, that was She talking. was pretty emotional about it, yeah. But I, I remember that guy saying, I needed, I needed to laugh so bad. Yeah. And, you, you know, sometimes I think it's easy to take those things for granted. But the one thing I really thought about, and you and I discussed this backstage, is you're watching a man go up on stage who knows at any moment he could literally die on stage. He could, his heart could give out. Yeah. It's, it, it's half a heart. It's pumping for his whole body. And he could die. And it really makes you think about what it is you do for a living. Like, would you, if you died doing UPS or working at a grocery store or accounting or whatever, and you're content with that because it's doing something you love, then that's a wonderful thing. Mm. And Jonathan was in that moment where he literally is doing something he could die doing. And he talked about it beforehand. He, he's like, what better way to go? Yeah. How awesome would that be? <laughs> I think there's a way to romanticize it, but I'm sure it would be a kind of a cool thing. And it really makes you, in perspective, put in what it is you actually do for an occupation. And, you know, we all followed our bliss and are doing exactly what we want to do. And I think, uh, I wish everybody had that. Wait, what, what, what is it that you do? <laughs> I, I guess. Uh, I, yeah, I guess. Um, so what's interesting is, I guess, Gary, if Jonathan... what was your last credit? <laughs> Carson Daly. Um, I guess <laughs> the good news is, if Jonathan was ever feeling like the jokes weren't working, he could pull out the sunglasses and do the risky business. Because that's always, hey yo. Wow. <laughs> no, no, one safe. no one says No one says Jesus safe. Christ, Gary. <laughs> like I said, when Gary first started putting shit on me, I knew I was one of the gang. <laughs> You know, it was almost, it was almost like a, you well, know, a little notch. Well, then, then I guess it, Dallas is Gary's like, favorite. He <laughs> <laughs> yeah. got Dude. a T-shirt. <laughs> like, what, are the, what are the gang? What does that make me? I went on. I went on live. Gary, Gary, to uh, I guess your honor, Steve didn't let go of me for the entire yes. time. I've heard I mean, this. Yes. I've heard. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. And I think oh, I mean, again, nothing safe. Again, I think Dallas is just more embarrassed about it. Because I, I, you well, could tell that night he was definitely embarrassed about it. Yeah, it especially when of... you started talking to the other table of strangers we didn't know. That was that was that was that was <laughs> I key. I don't remember that. Of part. course you do. Oh, the other table, <laughs> yeah. the the hostess on the way out, the Uber driver on the way back. <laughs> you and the right. Uber driver, by the way, that Uber driver, he was like. Gary's like, yeah, I mean, when you use the bathroom, do you use, do you wash yeah. your hands? He's like, oh, absolutely. And Gary's like, what would you think if somebody didn't wash your hands? He's like, absolutely fucking disgusting. It was almost <laughs> like the Uber driver was a plant. It I was mean, like it was he almost... knew what was going on, and he went on for another he 10 minutes about how disgusting it was. For the Based 10 minute how disgusting drive, you are. For the 10-minute right. drive from the Pepper Mill to our hotel, yeah. this Uber driver was the greatest. I mean, literally just... Oh my God, that's nasty! I would I, I would punish my kids if they didn't wash their hands after <laughs> they went to the bathroom. I it's against the law if you don't work somewhere. You you le you're legally bound to wash your hands. You must do it. Why wouldn't he, anybody do he it? He said mm. I knew a guy in Australia who did it beforehand, but that was because he would shit and not do it afterwards. Gary, <laughs> <laughs> <Knew> some guy <laughs> did a risky business joke. Okay, um, yeah, but you know yeah. you know it'd be a good documentary interviewing Uber drivers that have taken us around. What the shit that they have had to put up with, and the one that. That uh, you received uh, one star on because I slammed the there door in Phoenix. Yeah, you were being a big baby. Oh, please. Yeah, baby Huey. Remember that? Yeah, I was gonna fly out that next day. Joel and was then, there for that. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I but you couldn't because you you couldn't afford the uh, change fee. And you were buying lunch. 
and you apologized. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. you. I never apologized. <laughs> you apologized. I did? Immediately. Uh, immediately. Immediately. What was I worried about? Losing you needed out the, the work. Comedy zone in Jacksonville? <laughs> Please. Crazy. As soon as that press release went out about Conan O'Brien, Conan may shift the gears in 2018, <laughs> Gary sent the, the article to me. I read it, and then two minutes later, he wrote, by the way, I love your Trump impression. What yeah. are your 2017 and 2018 dates? What are your 2018 dates? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Dallas, did you have some thoughts? You were, you, it looked like you were going to say something about your experience this week. No, I was just going to say when he was talking about the uh, people and how emotional, you actually broke down a couple times this week. Well, yeah, yeah. I, the, the one woman, I think that yeah. that's what you were referring to a second ago. She, yeah. You know, you, you really, I don't know, I think sometimes we... You just see a sea of faces, and the goal is to make them laugh mm-hmm. or an applause break or whatever, you know. But you forget sometimes that there's a lot of reasons why people are at a comedy show. And when yeah. she divulged to us personally what it meant for her to be there and the gentleman just before us, sometimes it's hard not to get caught up in those moments of somebody really struggling struggling in life mm. and trying to power through and just needing sometimes those little energy boosts which could be a great movie or a song or in this case Jonathan's show and knowing that he's going through a difficult thing and I think maybe prior to people were relating to Jonathan in a way of like this guy's shocking he's aggressive Mm. he's an incredible magician and comedian but now it's almost like in some Lance Armstrong kind of way of like this guy's dealing with heartache and dealing with something traumatic and powering through Maybe I can as well. So I think mm. before it was he's a performer. Now maybe he's insp- inspiring to people, and that's what I got from that woman. But unlike Lance, he'll actually tell you what he's on. Oh, yeah, and you he know. will tell you what he's on. Oh, everything. <laughs> yeah. Lance will go for years, make millions of dollars off of it, and then come out. But uh, Jonathan's just straight up with everything. Yeah. But we, we've talked about this before. Sorry, what was that, Dallas? Well, oh, one oh, second, one second Bobby. Yep. Um, we talked about this before <laughs> since 2016. Uh, we talked about this it's before. Why put, it's why we put Gary on the far side of the other table away from me. <laughs> what, what bothers me is when you go to see a comic, right, and you know they're not a political guy. Mm-hmm. If you go see a political guy, I get it. Right. But if you're going to see somebody – and all they're doing is bashing Trump or bashing the establishment or bashing this. Like, that's not why I went. I mean, mm. I because, listen, when you do Trump, it's in a very lighthearted, goofy kind of manner. Yeah. But, like, when other people go and they, they do it, I, I've come here for 90 minutes to escape all that bullshit. Like, yeah. I don't want to watch the news. I don't want to. So whatever the reasoning is that people are going to see Jonathan, whether they're going through a divorce, whether they're going through this, that, or the other thing, give us that. Give us that performance. And, you know, Jonathan's not out there screaming to the choir that he's sick and, you know, he should be at home. So, like, he's giving these people what they came there to see, mm. which is yeah, amazing. Really, yeah. yeah, But you can see how much people appreciate it, too. Like, Foxwood, he steps on the stage and the whole theater is up on their feet. You know, like... It's got to be he, 2,000 people, yeah. 2,200. Yeah, he's walking towards the mic and everyone's just cheering on their feet. Yeah. And then at the end of the show, like, he called me back on stage and... I and he just held my hand and I went to walk away. I went to I went to release the grip on his hand and then he and then he squeezed tighter. I just turned and looked at him and he he turned and started walking towards the edge of the stage. And unbeknownst to him, everyone just got up on their feet. So I had to stop and, and get him his attention and point towards the audience. And he looks out there and it's just all these people cheering and it was you know a really emotional you know moment to you know to be there with Jonathan then to walk through the audience and we're walking up through the crowd it's like something out of like an a, the end of an, an 80s um you know film <laughs> yeah. people are cheering leaning forward hitting um, um, patting him on the back and just people like leaning over to touch him as we're walking up through the audience but just hearing all these people roaring around him and cheering it was like and he was surprised by it too he, he was didn't, he didn't yeah. think the night before at the Wilbur he didn't 
Know that he got a standing no, ovation. No, no, no. He said, oh, he said well, afterwards when we said you got a full standing ovation, he goes, oh, that was just the people standing in the front, that front row. And we said, no, the whole theatre the were whole on theater their feet. Was, yeah. And I looked at that photo that you took, Steve, and you see people up in the balcony over to the side and, you know, those Muppet seats, mm-hmm. they're all standing up. It yeah. Was like, so, yeah, it goes beyond. And just we're talking with those people, there's a lot of people out there hurting, you know, and to see Jonathan hurting and sort of it puts them all on the same level in a way, you mm-hmm. know, like to see that a lot of people are in pain, but... Coming to the show and doing that, it kind of, I don't know, I guess it allows them to deal well, with I it. I will say this. Uh, well, I did, it, I'm sorry, I yeah. just heard that there was this great moment when you guys were, he was holding your hand on stage and he whispers, don't worry, I wash. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> I think that that was this sentimental, Dallas, you were going to say something, so I'm sorry. <laughs> I, yeah, it was just, uh, you know, help. Last time I ever tried to defend Dallas <laughs> in front of Gary. You can't. Yeah. I was just going to segue into I, know. So, so, I, try, I, I try to defend Dallas. I'm thrown under the bus with you, mate. You know, it's, it's, I, yeah. I have an all-encompassing radius when it comes to Gary. So just, yeah. Yeah. It's better, it's better just to join it. Join yeah, yeah, yeah. At least I'm safe. You know? All right, what were you going to say, Dallas? No, I was just going to say in segue to someone who is not hurting at all but who appreciates Jonathan a whole lot, we actually went over to saw David Copperfield. Yes. Oh. Oh, what a... We interviewed yeah. Copperfield, and I got to tell you, I've, I'm sure we've all been exposed to nice homes here in Hollywood. I've never seen no. a house like this in my life. Well, it's supposed where... to be one of the nicest or most expensive in Vegas, it I is. guess. It sure is. you can find it. Yeah. <laughs> Not just one of It the is the, yeah, most, the record, most expensive so. house in Vegas. The door weighs 2,000 pounds? 2,000 pounds, 18 the door, feet high. The door 20 feet. That's, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. And, um, and he couldn't have been nicer. No. Yeah. He was really, like, insightful, too, in terms of, like, you know, it's so easy to go to, to do an interview with somebody and they go, he was great, he was amazing, and just give you all these adjectives that describe him. He really peeled back the curtain and got into the nitty-gritty of what made Jonathan great, and he's just like, you know, uh, I do these productions, and they're almost like Disney-like productions, whereas Jonathan could almost do the same thing for $85. Yeah. And that's part of the charm in Jonathan is that he's in this workshop constructing these kind of makeshift, kind of like magician for the people kind of mm. props. And um, I don't know, to hear like Copperfield put it that way, I, I, of course, you know, he's like the gold standard when it comes to to magic. And then to hear how he kind of deconstructs the acts, it was such an intelligent way. I really uh, I, I really found it fascinating how he viewed it. Likewise, yeah. And and because and Copperfield, you know, he, he's a real fan of comedy and magic and he knows what he's talking about. So to hear like an authority figure like that give so much praise to Jonathan and respect, you know, like he's talking about him on the same level, you know, of course it's totally yeah. different. But yeah, to hear that from uh, from Copperfield was, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was nice Ooh. of him to... We'd seen him in November, my wife and I, and it was amazing. I mean, the show, hadn't seen him before, got to meet him very quickly backstage. Yeah. But uh, just a sense of mystery about him just yeah. seems, uh, you know, a little in his own element, I guess. But, uh, I mean, his show, I thought, was absolutely amazing. Yeah. Well, just he, amazing. He's, you know, like, how long has he been around for now? He's been, like, the yeah. number one magician for, for so long, and, yeah, he's, um, you know, he'll be well, down. I got to say this. We walk into his home. As soon as you walk in, you see a Steinway. Oh, then you beautiful. go to the living room, which is like the nicest living room I've ever seen in my life. There's I'm another sure Steinway. Just one of many living rooms. And jo- yeah, Joel goes, a concert grand. Joel yeah. goes, do you play the Steinway? And he goes, what do you say? He, he goes, uh, I played on the, through the computer. And then, he walked, the away, then he walks away. And, and I like, thought, oh, oh okay. did, did I say something that was, <laughs> shouldn't have brought up the Steinway? And then, and then he comes, he continues. Then he comes back. No, he, he leaves. And we're all just kind of sitting there. We're deconstructing. We're just talking. And well, BSing. we're not all just sitting there. I, by the way, am working. A packing down. Packing gear. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, continue. Yeah. 
packing dirty gear, which he didn't wash his hands after. <laughs> uh, so, so, and by the way, his um, Copperfield's toilet was amazing. Oh, <laughs> most incredible toilet I've ever. Dallas unfortunately did not use said it. Said no, but, but it was. Look at these not guys. Unfortunately, I wasn't allowed to. Like, Steve's like, no. He just They're pointed and said, absolutely Don't not. Don't clog this. <laughs> there were eight buttons for this futuristic toy. I didn't even know which button to push. Yeah. It took me like two minutes and I'm uh, looking at it. But it I like, closed the lid when I pressed flash because I didn't know what it, what it was going to do. I was, I was, <laughs> this thing was like so high tech. But anyways, Copperfield walks away. We're all hanging. And all of a sudden, you just hear Sinatra's voice blaring. Throughout the house. And all the pianos were in synchronicity with each other playing Play, by playing themselves. With and Sinatra's voice coming he, through. He with controls it. the entire house on an iPad. So he yeah. can make the house do whatever he wants. Wow. With pianos, curtains, fireplace, kitchen. It's all on the iPad. He just walks around the house with an iPad. But you know they're self-playing piano. It, yeah. It's playing, but there's speakers in the Steinway piping out. Sinatra's vocals. And it's vocals. in concert with his vocals. And you can hear it throughout the whole house, which is like 30,000 square feet. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. crazy. I've never seen it. And then but, Gary, but, then David Copperfield calls Joel and Steve into his bedroom. Well, he, he walks past me and he gives a flick with his hand like that. And I didn't quite know whether what, what what he meant. I'm standing on the corner and I say, Steve, Steve. Steve comes over and Steve goes, does, does he mean for you to go? And he and he walks down the end of a hall and then goes into into this doorway. And then his head pops out of the doorway again. He's like, come here, come here. So we go along and the next minute Steve and I are in his bedroom. He's got a grand piano in there. I think hand. it's a guest bedroom. Oh, guest bedroom. Yeah, but yeah. it was another, well, it was a chrome colored. It's his, his and this is it right here. His bedrooms. And that's the piano right there. See it? You, you have these three amazing pianos. Now, of course, being that Steve's taking pictures and playing music, there'll be lawyers coming in the door right now. Yeah, so I, I, I didn't think we were allowed to do that. any of this. I just took it out of the piano because I was like, uh, that's yeah. the new gold standard. It's like, yeah. uh, now this is my barometer. If I'm successful enough, I want a Steinway with Sinatra uh, pipe. Yes. You know, that, I was like, because well, I, I, I had to show my wife. I was like, you'll never believe you this. Can, you can't even afford singer. satellite radio playing in this house, let alone a piano. <laughs> I want to say this really quickly, though. Nothing. If, if, I wasn't trying to get anything. Bombing. Next time Jonathan asks you for your hand, if he just sees Dallas there and he's about ready to fall and he just sees Dallas, he's like, fuck it, I'll take the hit. <laughs> <laughs> he just sees those grimy oil hands. Gary. <laughs> oh, so, now you're defending them. Well, oh. we're, we're hard at work. Yes. We're going to start editing. We have all the footage. Yep. We did the hard work. We maybe have a handful but, of interviews left to do. Well, but, i, I got to say this after yep. to let Gary in to know. Like, it has been such a full-on... I, I don't know if stressful is the right word, or but there's been so many things that have come up that have needed to be dealt with last minute that could be detrimental to the whole project, and we we we've been travelling, you know, red eye flights out to Boston and then driving to the theatres and back, and and la total lack of sleep, a lot of pressure, but throughout of it, I got to say, you know, with Steve and Dallas and you know everyone else that was there, it was like commendable to watch them to watch them work, oh, genuinely, and Steve. You know, to uh, to see the, the amount of work that Steve has put into this, and then on the road and helming the ship of this documentary, it's um you know. Joel obviously needs dates. <laughs> All right, fuck it. Well, I don't. I don't. <laughs> no, no, uh, I mean, I work with Steve. I don't see that, and I don't need work this year. So you know, next year maybe I'll kiss your ass. But that sounds great. Uh, by the way, <laughs> oh, where are you working this weekend, Joel? Are you you have a gig this weekend? Uh, yeah. Where are you at? Uh, just some. Um, <laughs> He's with me in Columbus. Yeah, well, that's why bones. he's giving the old right handy. 
Yeah. I just call it how I see it. Right? <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and this is what I see too, Gary, with all of your shit you put on everyone. <laughs> I, I see the kind sweetheart that you are underneath. Uh, no, I, I do. I do. I do. Thank and you, Joel. I, I love yeah. you. He dresses me yeah. Cooper. How Let can me, you respect a grown man? Can I just say, I, I also want to say something really quickly. We uh, did a great, great casino in West Siloam, Oklahoma. Cherokee Casino. Oh, my God. We didn't know what to expect. Yep. The woman who took care of us, along with everybody else, Lacey, awesome, awesome, awesome. Yep. So a big shout out to them and the Cherokee for just everything. Every club and every other event should be run as great as that. And then we had a great time in Vegas when Vegas, we did uh, Backstage, backstage Bar. Billiards. Yep, thanks yep. to those guys. Uh, so we'll be hitting the road. Uh, I'll be in Columbus this weekend. We got Brea, Cincinnati, New York City, Gotham, Helium. I think it filled Atlanta Punchline. Atlanta Punchline. Yeah, Boston. 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 Yeah. I'll be there. Be weird going back without a crowd now for you. Okay. Uh, anyways, we'll be on the road. <laughs> Keep in touch. At Steve Burn Live. What are you? Uh, Poppy 2016. <laughs> <laughs> Poppy since 2016. Dallas, what are you at? Online? <laughs> <laughs> Nowhere. Uh, let me just say, too, Dallas is a legend. Uh, with all the crap that we put on him today and throughout this, he, takes he it. is It, it pales in comparison to yeah. the crap he puts on his own hands. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and Joel, where can I find you? Um, on uh, Online, joelosborn.com, O-Z-B-O-R-N.com. Very nice. Gary, it's good to be back in the saddle. I love it. 2017. I love it. We're ready to go. Got some great shows coming up. Got some great shows coming yep. up on the All Things Comedy Network. We're excited. New studio, new everything. It's kind of a new sense of beginning here. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so keep listening. And uh, our thanks to uh, Bill Burnow Madrigal for letting us do this. Absolutely. All Things Comedy, the Gentleman's Dojo back again. Happy New Year, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>